now and then, here and there, and always at sexpotcomedy.com. Well, we had a choice, steak or fish. Yeah, I guess I remember I had this on you. How do you want that cooked? Not to a crisp or bloody as hell. You want me to hold the chicken? I want you to hold it between your knees. And to drink. Hey everybody, it's Matt Knudsen and welcome to another episode of the Grabbing Lunch Podcast. The podcast where I go out to actual restaurants that are open for business with comedians, actors, artists of all walks of life and record our casual hangout over lunch. It's almost like being a fly on the wall as people talk and share stories and enjoy themselves and commune. How about that? It is the Grabbing Lunch Podcast. Today, my guests are Robert Buscemi and Jamie Campbell. They're both comedians out of Chicago. Robert lives in Los Angeles now. Jamie was visiting from Chicago, so I thought it would be a good opportunity for uh, for a couple of Chicago lads to hang and uh, and spend time together. Real quick before we start, I have some dates I would love to see you at. I'm on the road basically for uh, for all of June. I'm going to be in Lake Tahoe. That is May 27th through 31st at the Harvey's in Lake Tahoe. May 27th, all these dates are uh, in 2015, BTW, just in case you're listening to this podcast in two years, you're like, I was there, and he wasn't there. Uh, May 27th, 2015. Uh, then, I am going to be at the Limestone Comedy Festival. I had to lift up my calendar so I could see. Uh, June 4th, 5th, and 6th, that is in Bloomington, Indiana, Bloomington Limestone Comedy Festival. That is with Janine Garofalo, Dana Gould, Doug Benson, Kyle Kinane. If you are in the area, definitely go check it out. And then uh, June 16th through the 21st, I'm going to be at Harrah's in Las Vegas. All of those are 2015. Find information, t- tickets, sale, stuff, mattknutson.com, M-A-T-T-K-N-U-D-S-E-N, or at Matt Knutson on Twitter. With that, my guests for lunch today are Robert Buscemi. You have seen Robert on The Meltdown on Comedy Central. He also has two phenomenal stand-up albums. We are label mates on the Rooftop Comedy label. That Yeah, we both have our albums on Rooftop Comedy. Uh, they are Palpable and One Pretty Peacock. You can find out more information about the man at robertbuscemi.com, R-O-B-E-R-T-B-U-S-C-E-M-I, robertbuscemi.com or at robertbuscemi on Twitter. And as I always do, because it can be very confusing as to who's who when more than one person is talking, Robert Buscemi sounds like this. We either do yards or houses. So. Nine months of the year, generally, we're outside because right. we can do it. 
and then three or four months out of the year, we'll do it. My girlfriend has a huge art loft, so we do, we've done it there maybe five times. Ah, the power of pulling an audio clip out of context and making it sound suggestive. What are they talking about? Well, you're going to have to listen to the whole episode to figure it out. Or go to robertbuscemi.com, and he has pictures of it. My other guest is Jamie Campbell, who was visiting from Chicago. He has a new album out that he is very proud of called Tell Me That You're Proud Of Me. You can find out more about Jamie Campbell jamiecampbellcomedy.com is his handle. And for the record, Jamie Campbell Comedy, the man, sounds like this. And then I heard this couple go through a breakup, we're going to divorce, to crying mad at each other, to crying getting back together. Like the whole evolution of of this is over, to this is together, while their kids ran around. No. And I think it started over like an argument over a personal DiGiorno pizza. It's not divorce. It's DiGiorno. Sorry about that, guys, but it was right there. I mean, come on. And you are right here for the Grabbing Lunch podcast. You can go to grabbinglunch.com. You can see pictures of my guests. Listen to previous episodes with people including Will Wheaton, Helen Slater, uh, Colin Hay from Men at Work, uh, Jake Johansson, Kyle Kinane. I could go on and on. That's at grabbinglunch.com. Also, give the show a follow on Twitter at grabbinglunch, the Facebook.com that is ready for your liking. It is facebook.com slash grabbing lunch. Do not be a stranger. Or you can just hit me up, uh, mattknutson.com, at mattknutson on Twitter. I put episodes out on Saturdays, and you are listening to it now. It is episode 69, and I'm currently patting myself on the back for not making some lame joke about that. But it is episode 69. It is Robert Buscemi. It is Jamie Campbell at Tacos Estrella in Eagle Rock. Let's eat. Globe is still running a mic, but it's just, it's nothing even remotely like well, that. The, yeah, that was, Globe used to be the Lions. Yeah. Uh, Chicago. The Windy Apple. Right. right. Is that what they... <laughs> oh, they don't eat apples in Chicago. Just meats and cheeses. Yeah, we, uh, we did a little bit of stuff back together in Chicago. Monique Madrid. Madrid, yeah. She's married, right? Mm-hmm. Corey Rittmaster is her husband. He's been in like a bunch of Super Bowl commercials and stuff. Oh, really? Mm. Yeah, or at least one Super Bowl commercial and a bunch of other commercials. Yeah. I like this guy. Yeah, yeah. I've done commercials, yeah. yeah. Dancing cigarette, am I right? Yeah, I did. Oh, that's right. I was a cigarette, like breaking up with my girlfriend. I remember uh, looking at that <laughs> online. A classic bit. Yeah. I uh, did a KFC spot last year. Really? But it was like. Thanks, it was fun. Uh, but it took place in this basement. Uh, or it was it was meant to look like a basement, like one of those underground fight rings. Mm-hmm. But it was two guys that were arm wrestling, but with a chicken tender in each hand. Uh-huh. And then the dipping sauce is on the other end of the table, and so whoever dips the sauce. Yeah, very clever. And it was two former WWE wrestlers. One of them is uh, my friend Colt Cabana. Uh-huh. And uh, you're friends with a former WWE wrestler. I am. I'm friends with a few of them. Uh, really? Friends with Lisa Marie Varon, who. Uh, Used to be Victoria. I've done a bunch of weird stuff with pro wrestlers. Really? Like, Are you a big wrestling fan? As a kid, I was a huge wrestling fan. And then Colt Cabana had just got let go by the WWE. 
and he wanted to learn improv to be like better on promos. And so he wow. took the training center at Comedy Sports when I was running the training center there. And then I ended wow. up in an improv group with him. And then all sorts of other stuff has happened. Like I used to run a wrestling podcast. And so this independent promotion brought me out. And Paul Bearer, who was the Undertaker's manager, like oh. the big dude that would hold the urn. Oh, yeah. They had me. They thought it would be fun if I was a special guest referee. And I was on the outside of the ring in a casket match. Uh, and What's it was, a casket match? It's where the way you win, instead of pinning somebody, is you put their body in a casket and close the casket. Wow. And I was one of the referees outside that had to close the casket. And the next week, Paul Bearer passes away. It was his last <gasps> appearance. Uh, no way. There was another event where Brutus the Barber Beefcake uh, ended up... Uh, I don't want to say he was too inebriated, but he was... Probably too inebriated uh, to wrestle, so they had me cut a promo on him instead. Oh man! And he puts me in a sleeper hold and cuts my hair in the middle of the ring. And so doing a KFC commercial does that get you free access to the Yum Center? It does not. What, wait, what's the Yum Center? Is that is that an online thing? The KFC, the uh, the Yum Center. Mm-hmm. It's I think it's where like the Oklahoma City Thunder play, or it's it's. It's so oh. like in Louisville. So it's a stadium or, or an arena yes. that KFC sponsors, but they don't call it the yes. KFC. It is the Young Center. Oh, they don't and call it, it the KFC. Brilliant, right? Or maybe it's the, is know. it the KFC Young Center? Well, they're all the same thing because like Taco Bell, Pepsi, Pizza oh, Hut, yeah. they're all like they're the under the same. same. Yeah. Uh, umbrella. Awful, awful umbrella. Yep. Yeah. 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 Just killing America slowly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Strangling it. Well, I don't know. Yeah. Slowly. I think they're doing it. Oh, so here's what I want to tell you. Did you hear that? Uh, do you listen to Radio Lab, the podcast? Yes. You do? Yes. That's very sophisticated podcast. I hear it's great. I know a bunch of nerds that seem to enjoy it. There you go. That's what it is. It's very nerdy, but it's great. And they had one on wrestling three oh. episodes ago, maybe. It was great. It was about Bret Hart. Oh, wow. And uh, how they blurred the lines because when you and I were watching wrestling last weekend, Hulk Hogan, and yeah, but I mean, it was orange pythons, yeah, it was more they never cut and dry, there was no kind of revolving around with some reality theater, yeah. There's a, a term called kayfabe, and that's the wrestling term for like if it's fake or if it's real, yeah, and so like if I go out of the ring and I'm like, I can't meet you tonight because I've got to wait on this broken arm to heal. But if in real life my arm's not broken, that means my arm is broken in kayfabe, which means in storyline. Uh. And then, yeah, because when Vince McMahon told, because Brett didn't want to lose. Right. And so Vince McMahon said, well, we're going to just make the referee ring the bell and say he gave up. That's the podcast. It's the Montreal screw job. Yes. Yeah, and so then the lines started becoming blurred. Yes. Up until then, uh, Vince McMahon had never acknowledged on television that he was the owner of the company. Right. And then he became this amazing right. villain. So it's this. So it's this episode where they're talking about that, which is fascinating because hmm. Bret Hart punched him in his eye for yeah, real. In the locker room. He went. got a black. He gave Vince McMahon a black eye. Wow. And after that, so then they tied it into. Uh, Don Quixote, the the original novel, which yeah. is like the seventh or not the seventeenth century, like the eighteenth century or something, or maybe the seventeenth century, old ass novel, and how it blurred the lines between reality and fiction. Yeah, and uh, so he wrote the man of. La Mancha. What's the name? The of Man of La Mancha. Uh, um, the the name is Don Quixote. Right. Cervantes is the author. Right. So Cervantes wrote the novel, and then some imposter wrote up a, wrote a sequel to it. Really? And then 
Cervantes wrote his own sequel, and he had the guy from the fake sequel come in as a character. Wow. So... I read about the that. episode set said modern wrestling is like that. It was so cool that they could well, do actually, that. Well, actually, Cervantes uh, challenged the imposter to a coffin match. I don't know if you guys. Oh, that. that's. <laughs> and if Cervantes could get him in the coffin, didn't have to pin him. He could just. Wow. And that was the first ever luchador. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You ever been to Lucha Vavum? I have, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I loved wow. it. I loved There's it. Because they do burlesque and luchador wrestling yeah. and, and a and comedian narrates it. Yeah, oh. when I went, it was uh, Blank the Patch, which it's Blaine's kind of, it's Blaine's baby. It was him and uh, Dana Gould. And they're just like sitting ringside commentating and saying the funniest things for about four hours. I think and I saw uh, Kenny, nice. Tom Kenny, is that his name? Mm-hmm. He was part of that old group. SpongeBob? You know what I'm, yeah. Spongebob? Yeah, yeah, SpongeBob. He loves when you call him SpongeBob. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. Uh, but Tom's that was a, that was the whole like uh, L.A. alt, yeah. you know, previous generation. Mm-hmm. I did in the nineties and uh, stuff with Tom, the uncabaret and all those people. Beth oh, nice. Lapidus. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I did a job with Tom, and the next day in the makeup trailer. Every hair and makeup woman had a picture of SpongeBob that was autographed by Tom, and every greeting was different. Like, "Hey, stay bubbly," yeah, Tom Kenny, just like, "See you under the sea." It was just—he's such a nice guy. So, what does he have to say about all that stuff? Um, I don't know. We didn't really, you know, chat up SpongeBob. I mean, it's a classic. It's a timeless classic, and we saw the movie. And my friend, uh, my wife's friend is uh, uh, one of the art directors there, Peter Bennett. Mm-hmm. He worked. He's worked on SpongeBob for, oh, wow. since the beginning. They went to Art Center together. Oh, so, very cool. Uh, yeah, very cool. Yeah, um, I but was trying he was to remember in, my Tom point. Kenny was in. Did uh, Mr. Show? Mr. Show, and his yeah. wife Jill Talley is a great actress too. Oh wow! Oh. Yeah, and does a lot of voiceover. They're like the king, king and queen of. LA voiceover. Uh, yeah, yeah. Do you do any voiceover? I'm looking to get into voiceover. Eh, you know what? I worked more in voiceover when I stopped doing voiceover. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why. I've done know, just a splash of it because yeah. you don't have to shave or shower or right. dress special. Right. Yeah, I, I've That's never the beauty it. of it. That's but so my funny. agent will send me like these. <laughs> you know I'm what I mean? Shower, I can be a real fucking scumbag. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, go. We got the and you don't have to memorize anything. That's true. You know what's so funny? There's like this, uh, like something called the Ross Reports. You, got, you ever heard of that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like the, the voiceover um, guide lines and guidebooks. Mm-hmm. And on the cover of the voiceover, it's like this woman, like with her hair's all messy. She's wearing a robe and holding a cup of coffee. Like, do you want to go to work like this? It's oh just yeah. Like, hey, even if you're not going to work, get your life together. Yeah. You right? look terrible. Yeah. <laughs> You, you still got to moisturize. You got to moisturize. Get it right. Are there letters to the, hair, to the editor to, of Ross reports? Are there like, letters to Ross? Dear yeah. Ross? <laughs> there will be after this. We're going to get together and uh, uh, start a letter writing campaign. Is there still Ross reports? I think it's still I don't know. There's so many things that are just dead, you know. Yeah. But I remember going, um, when I first moved to L.A., you had to go to a place called Samuel French. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Get the, oh, yeah. The, it was the know. big two playwriting, uh, or, or play publishing companies, with Samuel French and Dramatists. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you had to go pick it up live. And I got backstage west every week and, like, 
submitted to student films. Yeah. Went and did terrible auditions. Yeah. Terrible projects. Yeah. How come I'm not booking? Oh, wait a minute. I'm awful at acting. Yeah. Uh, that was a weird thing because in theater school, when I went to like college for theater, you're being told you've got to hit the pavement. You're going to be walking down with your headshot, your resume. Yeah. Uh, if you have a real, you know, it's VHS yeah. tape or a DVD that you're going to physically hand people yeah. or mail out, and nothing that they taught me is applicable at all. No, it's not. It's all. Wait old. a minute, oh, in drama school they didn't right, give you practical yeah. real world advice. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, none of these. Weird. None of these people that ended up not practically working in, right. in yeah. their field. Wait, Listen, where, here's what you got to do. Where'd you go to theater school? Let me guess. Hold on. I want to say DePaul. Oh no, I went to. Carnegie Mellon. Theater school, that classic bastion of the arts, Tahlequah, Oklahoma. Oh, sure. Oh. Where the Trail of Tears ended. Oh. One of my classmates was Carrie Underwood. No. Well, we, we didn't actually take classes together. She was majoring in, like, communications or something, but like, we did a couple of talent shows together. Well, it was, like, right before she went off and did American Idol. What did you do in the talent show? I did, uh, this was before I did stand-up at all, so I would do a couple of contrasting monologues. No. Yeah, one that I used to do all the time was, uh, it wasn't even meant to be, I think, performed. It was from Steve Martin's Cruel Shoes, The Smokers. If you're familiar with that at all, just... Just talks about a bunch of people smoking in a room, essentially, and they smoked and smoked and smoked. Kind of half remember. And then that. it ends with, and then their lips fell off. Yeah, I kind of remember that. Yeah. How that, that go over? Yeah. Yeah, it, it killed, and I would do that paired with this dramatic monologue about a man kind of talking to his dead wife and just kind of about the night that she died, and I could cry. And so I would do this one that had them <laughs> laughing, and then I would have them just really? sniffling. Yeah. So you're like one of the old um, spiritual actors from the Greek times who was a priest. You were a priest. Well, you know, I try to heal people as much <laughs> as I can. Right. And then you still ended the story with, and her lips fell off. Right, yeah. Like, oh, and then your lips... you call back, everybody? And that's when I Wait, do. which one did, did you do first? I would usually do the comedic one first, oh, yeah. because if they're crying too much, if, if I'd have had three, yeah. I'd have brought them back after. But like, like when those old things, when Richard Pryor would talk poignant and bring you on the verge yeah. of tears and then bring you back to laughter, you never get the moment to be poignant if you're not laughing first, because yeah. then you're not paying attention. Yeah. I guess, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah. We'll have to ask Carrie Underwood. Yeah. Right? Yeah. She knows. She knows how to bring you to the... To the brink of tears, right, and back again. Uh, That's so funny. Steve Martin's the king. <laughs> He's the ultimate. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, did you read a Born Standing Up? I did. That's the best. Yeah. Um, he was just it made me feel connected because he's talking about all these places that he's just like. So I went over to the Ice House. Yeah. And oh yeah. I did. Uh, you know, I was there last week. Yeah. It was just like, I, yeah. And I'm kind of a, you know, I'm an air quoting regular, but anytime you get on the stage up there, you're like, so, um, you know, because it's probably 60 years old. It's like yeah, the well, there's a picture of John, a young Johnny Carson there. I wonder if he used to drop in there. Or, oh, I wouldn't be surprised. Did he do stand up before the show? I don't know. I don't know. Actually, Dana uh, Carvey was there. It was like his. Well, you were there? Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, wow. Did you hang out with him? No. I wanted what do you mean, to. No. I wanted to meet and hang out with him. Yeah. I've never met him. Um, but until he went on, have you guys ever been there? Yeah, I haven't been there yet. So there's a green room where that you know they're very. It's a uh, Pasadena, right? That, oh, yeah. Sorry, guys, my garbage truck yeah. is here. I got, I got <laughs> um, 
No, they have, they have a green room and they have a very gracious spread. There's always like yeah. a fruit and veggies. They're and, very you know, nice there. Very well, nice. Bob Fisher's just Bob such Fisher. a nice guy. So, um, but I, I kind of like meandered back into the green room just expecting like Bob and Dana to be hanging out. And so uh -huh. Bob could be like, oh man, you know Dana Carvey, right? Uh, Bob was there, Dana was not there. Because I no. think maybe a lot of comics were just like, let me uh, get back, uh, 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 oh, yeah. back and talk to So he disappeared until he was on stage. Oh. And if he was, I mean, maybe he just went to the back offices or, oh, yeah. or just even the parking lot. Right? Yeah. But I did not see him until he went onto his stage. Uh, which I get, I get. It was great. Was it? Yes, of course it was, was it? great. Yeah, because he also incorporates all his characters and stories. Did he used to do stand-up before he did? Yes. He, yeah, he did. did. Uh, okay. It was like that Chopping Broccoli was an old stand-up bit of his yeah. before it was a, an SNL yeah. Yeah. character bit. Uh, I remember my dad, when I was a kid, going out to see Dana do stand-up, and he and my stepmom coming back, and they couldn't stop talking about no. it. And I don't know what the Napkin Fish character is, but I know my dad talking about some bit he did that involved a napkin fish and me as a kid just going, I wonder what that could be. Yeah. So you didn't meet him after he got off stage either? No. Uh, that's me here. Thank Ooh, you, sir. That's a nice looking little. Perfect. Thank you very much. That's what it was going to be. But oh, do you have any napkins? Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's. I'll go get us some napkins. That's not a one man nacho. All right. Yeah, this is like my favorite <laughs> kind of. Especially too, I don't know if you've hung out at nights here in Los Angeles. There's a, trucks on every oh, yeah. corner of every. And this of is exactly the you kind of thing that they have. My friend Leslie that I'm staying with, uh, when we were looking up the directions from her place, because she's right around the corner. You uh, watch it, right? What's that? Did you walk here? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Great. So close. Great, great, great. That's kind of the point. Then the Yelp reviews came up, and then she was like, "Are you kidding me? There's a place that's that great, right? That close to me? Yeah. I've been going." You know, a half a mile away to a, a truck. <laughs> Would you I like didn't... my radishes, Robert? No, you go ahead. I'm okay. gonna. Uh, we'll put them in my glove compartment for later. <laughs> <laughs> and this just feels like clean, like it's not, um, you know, processed or. No, yeah. Good. Yes. So no, I did not have a chance to hang out with Dana Carvey, but I, boy, I sure wanted one. Uh, he follows me on Twitter somehow for some reason, which I guess is as close as we're gonna get. I think he's got some system set up because I think he has many thousands of followers uh -huh. and he follows many, many, many thousands of people. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure. There you go. Listen, as long as my connection is somehow knocked down in some way, that's all I... <laughs> <laughs> I promise you that was... Mm -mm. It's not even in my set of capabilities, let alone... I'm doing that to myself. All right. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I've heard him come on the... Um, the uh, what's his name show? You know, the right wing comedian now who didn't used to be so right wing. Who was a sportscaster for ten? Yes, yeah. Dennis Miller. I, yeah. I've heard Dana Carvey. I think they're pals. And oh sure, he still oh, yeah, on they that were show. Kind of on SNL around the same time. Hey, you, ever listen, you ever listen to that show? Dennis Miller's podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, I have not. No, 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 he's a radio program. He's like a, on a he's on the right wing circuit. Oh, he's got like a syndicated. Yeah, he's no. got a syndicated show. He was all for it. Romney and yeah. No. I bet my I dad loves his radio ads. Your dad loves Dennis Miller. I don't know. I I know as a kid, we listened to Rush Limbaugh in the car. Really? Oh, yeah, that was. I got for a Christmas gift one time one of the books that Rush Limbaugh bought. No, it was like a freshman in high school. No, yeah, I was like. 
This is the worst. That's yeah. awesome. I mean, gift certificate to the mall or something. <laughs> That's hilarious. So your dad's this comedy fan and like right wing radio guy. Oh yeah. Awesome. So weird. Wow. That is weird. Wow. But there's a lot of double standards in that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Dad, yeah. Maybe you could just give me like a cash. No, no, no. We're going with Rush Limbaugh book. Yeah, oh, Rush on, tells it like it is. Especially when you're like 15. Maybe we can put some money towards a car. Yeah. I get my license here in a year. No, no, no. Yeah. Hey, thank you. Oh, thanks. Perfect. Mm. Mm. Bye. He did get upset when... Uh, like right as Obama was getting elected, I got a random call. He's like, like he was just crying and mad. And he goes, like, and it's this guy that you know my dad like contributed to his campaign and everything. And then my dad was crying. And he's like, he really is ruining our country. I was like, wow, this is a very big surprise. Who is uh, Bush? But this was yeah back in the last, the end of Bush's last campaign. He's like, he just he really ruined our country. Your dad said that about yeah. Bush. Wow. And it was like this is a big thing for him to. Why did he right. think that? Uh, I think that there was just a lot that he couldn't ignore anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. Oh, you mean like obvious facts? Yeah, I can't, I can't. Right. Yeah, crazy. I was actually going to, but could not make it. You had your surprise show. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it's a Saturday. Robert and Sophia do a show called Surprise, but yeah. they don't announce the lineup. You just show up and you, whoever's there. Yeah. I was doing nice. the show at the Comedy Garage with Paul Danke and Cornell Reed. Mm -hmm. Love those guys. I love those guys, too. So we didn't, um, um, couldn't make it. I was going to try and swim by. But then it was like some guy's birthday and everyone got a private room at karaoke. Oh, yeah? So like they were like, Sitting there drinking these Korean beers and singing, and you know who blew me and everyone away it was Joe Wagner. No, did Adele Skyfall, and it just choked you up like. Really? Just, he was awesome. Joe Wagner is like. <laughs> he was. He's so great. It was, and it was, it was funny for so many reasons. One, because it wasn't trying to be funny. Oh, Two, yeah. he was really good. Three. He didn't perform to anyone. He stood off like to the side of this this screen area because it was one of those private rooms with like a couch in the yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. But he didn't try and like take the moment and seize it. He just kind of like pensively stood off to the side and looked at the lyrics and had his back turned to everyone. But, but it was beautifully sang. Beautiful. Even like hit the like hit this guy. Oh, it was great. No. Yeah. You got me, Joe Wagner. I do. He's everybody's favorite out here. Nice. The Godfather. He is the Godfather. Yeah. There's something about him. He's hilarious. Mm -hmm. He was on the show too. He's so full of the pathos of humanity <laughs> and the. Uh, well oh my put. God. He's one of a kind. Yeah. Also too. There's something about um, his prism for looking at things and just like ah, I, I like that. Oh yeah. It's not too downtrodden, but it's also like kind of, um, what's the word? Wizened. Wizened, but um, uh, it's escaping me. I'll, but once I hit stop on the Zoom recorder, I'll remember. <laughs> oh, what yeah. It is, but, yeah. So he wrecked it at karaoke. It was great. Yeah, it was really, really great. And I was going to stay longer, but I was just like, I figure at like 1.15 in the morning, it's 
And you were oh, like, I know how it is. Yeah. You're married and you live on the west side. You still live on the that. west side? I do. I do. But when I'm like, when I'm done with something, I don't, I don't brave it. You know, I don't try to like, well, I should probably stay longer. It's just like, I'm, I'm out. out. I'm out. I'll see you later. I don't always clap my hands like that and say yeah. I'm out, but yeah, it's more about. Well, you got to learn to keep hours, don't you? Yeah. Can't have that. I don't want to miss something syndrome. Can't Usually, have FOMO. if anything's cooking at midnight, yeah. if it's if it's happening at midnight, like if nothing, there's no new business that's going to be generated at midnight. At least not in LA. Yep. Like New York, booth places are open until four o'clock. But like here, places close at like one fifteen, one thirty. And it's just like, well, I'm not. Is there going to be a whole new fresh wave, or is somebody going to come up with a, a new idea that's going to, you know? Plus, too, I'm out like five nights a week. So yeah, so, yeah, that's and, right. You got to pace yourself yeah. a little bit. And I have like stuff during the day. I'm not um, sleep till sleep yeah. till noon. Not. No, me Even neither. If I go to sleep at like two or three in the morning, I wake up about seven thirty, eight o'clock. Yeah, sleeping in is eight thirty. Yeah, get on it. Get, get after on it. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, that's the thing about stand up in Chicago. Oh, yeah. Chicago's like a pool of beer. Oh, it absolutely is. It's and did you guys hang out there? Is that how you know each other? Oh, Not we, really. We didn't meet. I, I think we met when you came back. A yeah, couple I of came times. back a couple times and then somehow I got on your okay. show. I'm yeah. Um, I don't know if it was Telfer that put us in touch or. Well, I know. Maybe Telfer. Or maybe Greg Giuliano, who used to run tech for you in Chicago. Possibly. We're really good friends. Okay, that's quite possible. Yeah. But yeah, we met at, shortly after you had left here, and then the first couple of times that you'd come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've only performed um, in Chicago one, well, it was a couple shows, but... Where'd you, um, where'd you play? I was at the Shubis Tavern mm-hmm. in Wrigleyville. Yeah, Shubis. But I, uh, I went out there with my wife, and it was just a complete workcation, you know, because I had two yeah. nights of shows, but we were there for like six nights. We six nights needed two shows, two shows. Oh, but, but but they were like, I think one was like Tuesday, one was Wednesday, and we were there like Monday to Saturday. Nice. But everything that you could possibly think of as like, I'm a tourist. You know, we did it. We stayed at the Drake. Oh yeah, we went start? to the uh, you know Lake Swam in Lake Michigan. Went to the Art Center, uh, the Art Institute. Yeah. Went to a Cubs game. Went to Rush Street. Went on the architecture tour. Went up to Navy Pier. You know, Navy Pier's good. Even wore the little paper hat on the boat. You're like, oh yeah, I'm a tourist. (laughs) I was in a wandering improv troupe at Navy Pier. Uh, are you like, one of like doing street prov basically? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, prov. Yeah, it's true. Right. Yeah. How that? How was the reception on that? Um, when you charge well, I'm always, I'm always considered kind of the weird the improviser. When I improvise, things go weird, but I enjoy <laughs> it. I mean, but I love the annoyance. They were great. Oh just, yeah, the, you you're an improv master. Yes, these man. guys, him and Steve Beniquist, were on this show. So it was the cage match every Saturday. Oh, yeah. Well, these guys yeah. won. They had to make them stop playing because they wouldn't lose. Well, they just retired. A year said, straight. You're done. Well, they went for a year. You won the cage match a year straight? Was a that, year. Is that, is that yeah. I.O. or UCB? I.O. I.O. Wow. Yeah. But Steve Beniquest is this other goofball out here. He's hilarious. Huge, yeah, we just, uh, somewhere around soft like, spot for. Me too. Week 49 or, you know, 50 or something, we're just like, hey, one year's coming up. At week 52, you guys want to... 
you disband. Know, dismount. That's, yeah, Is that that's what you did? Much. It was your decision? Uh, 100%, yeah. Yeah, we just Jeez, left, uh, left on our own. Fun. And it was great. I guess we just got lucky in a sense. And we started doing shows, and people would come, but then they'd become friends and know each other because they met at the shows. Mm-hmm. So, like, so you see you next week? They're like, yeah, yeah. So, like, for the, the last, like, two months of our run, there would be, like, lines out the door, people no. waiting, and, you know... Our, our last night, some guy made T-shirts and a cake. What? <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, our group was uh, L. Ron Jeremy. Nice. It was the most connected fan experience I've ever had in my career. Really? Pretty, pretty easily. Yeah. Oh when God, it was over, hilarious. we all kind of like got choked up, and it was great. Wow, unreal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I never even saw you guys. I can't even picture you improvising. Yes, and buddy. Yeah. I bet you're a really good straight man. You know Mark Raderman from uh, Cook County Social Club? Oh, yeah. He's the he's the ultimate straight man. He, he is. just goes out there and he grounds the whole scene. I bet that's what you do. Um, you know what I would, I would openly admit? I make jokes and kind of pepper in humor, but I do it as the character. That's the I'm trick. I'm not commenting from the outside. That's yeah. the trick. Because people guy. say, oh, you're, you're going to sell out the scene if you make a joke. Not if your character makes the joke. Right. Yeah. Right. So that's fun for me. And I also like ensemble. And if somebody has like a bit, if they're terrified by fire, go smoke next to them. Oh, you know, yeah. Just tee them up and let them do the thing that they're already set So you're up to a good do. assist man. Yeah. Either be an obstacle or, uh, or something that helps them get what they want. Yeah. <laughs> And then just never teach, instruct, or demonstrate. Other than that, yeah. you're good. <laughs> never yeah. teach, instruct, or demonstrate. Don't do those dance scenes. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. I forgot I've heard that. If before. you've ever seen anyone never like, teach, like, instruct, right, or demonstrate. Here's what you got to do to open this bottle. You got to open it like this, and it's just like, um, okay, I guess. Yep, so. it's the it's the difficult teaching of something simple, or it's the difficult transaction scene. Right. Yeah, yeah I'll have a Big Mac. Oh, we're all out of Big Macs. Right. It's funny. Um, well, yeah. So you're doing it on the Navy Pier. The people who knew that there was a show, where you were just kind of no, no, no. We were, you know, I mean, it's the Navy Pier for your listeners who don't know. Yeah. It's like for a the family. Record, he leaned in towards the microphone and raised his eyebrows. Yeah, yeah it is. That's right. Uh, but it's like a walkabout thing. It's pretty clear that we were the, you know, the Disney strollers. Once or you walked into Harry Carey's. Well, hey, everybody. It's yeah. enormous too. It's like it was originally built for airplanes to practice landing so that they could land on an aircraft carrier. Right. right. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep. And uh, they were planning on building four. It was originally Municipal Pier Number Four, and they were going to build four of them, but that was the only one that got built. Yeah. And so it's just huge. And so there's all sorts of stuff. There's a Tony-winning theater, the Shakespeare Theater. Oh, yeah, the that's IMAX out there. Theater. That's right. Wow. NPR's out there? Oh, yeah. There's a... Um, during Halloween, they used to have a haunted barge where you would go on this barge and there were all these zombies. And my friend Tina and my former roommate Mike used to work out there and there was a huge storm last year. And Mike comes home and he's just upset, still got zombie makeup on. I'm like, what happened? He's like, well, the storm sank the barge. <laughs> he's like, I stood on the pier and watched my place of work just no. just sink into Lake Michigan. No. That's yep. hilarious. And it's also like Halloween and the comedy thing. So like, wait, if they're going somewhere with this, yep. hold, hold on. Right. Are yeah, people on it? No, they had, uh, they cleared it out because it was like, like whoops, tossing and turning. 
uh, or it's moving around in the water, so it was dangerous. So they cleared all the employees and the customers out. But then it just something happened. I don't know if it was a hole in the barge, if like it got cut loose or whatever. But then it just went down, and they just stood there. Did they ever get it back up like, out again? No, it's still in the ocean, as far as I know. <laughs> wow. Or not the ocean. The Reason for filing your Lake Michigan claim? Yeah. Uh, my uh, my job sank. Okay. Right. right. Yep. Uh, Are you currently looking for work? Yes. <laughs> uh, that's why do you think I have this scuba gear on? Right? <laughs> It's hard to make him laugh, and all it's just bubbles coming out of your side. I'm killing it. This is like, hey, stop. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so I run the show with Sophia Alexandra once a month. Surprise comedy. Surprise comedy. Different venues every time. I that was nice. one of our very first shows, if yes, I recall. I, I, if I'm... Stop me when I say something incorrect. It was in this house that it looked like... Um, it was almost castle-esque. You had to walk up these brick stairs. Was that your first show I ever? Mean, I don't know, but I was... I remember standing on the roof of a tool shed. Yeah, that's right. And it was probably like five or six feet in the air. Wow. That was the first place we ever did a show, and then we did it for one-year anniversary and then two-year anniversary. It was, it was great. The stage was the roof of a tool shed? Yeah. Yes. Oh, wow. And so We, we packed cli- that place out. It was pretty great. And so we climbed the ladder to get on the roof yeah. of this. It was probably like five or six feet up in the air. Yeah, that's And right. then you're like looking out on this patio, and then they just you guys brought in folding It's on chairs. the side of a hill, and... <clears throat> In uh, Silver Lake, yeah, we still yeah. rent from that same chair place. Wow. Amazing. So um, I remember getting up on the roof of the tool shed, and yeah. Eli Braden had just gone on before me. Oh, yeah. Guitar. Oh, and then you went up song. with a guitar with him. Uh, and then he played a song, and then we just kind of improvised uh, a song together for you know a couple few minutes before. But it was great. Man. It was it was really fun. I just remember going up and saying like. Am I the only person that thought he might die here tonight? They were like, yeah! Just because you had to, like, walk up all these, you know, this, these stairs. Yeah, and it was a little fighting. precarious. Yeah. So are you and doing a lot of found thing. venues, then, instead of, like, venues that are designed for performance? We either do yards yeah. or houses. Nice. So nine months of the year, generally, we're outside because right. we can do it. And then three or four months out of the year, we'll do it. My girlfriend has a huge art loft, so we do, we've do. we done it there maybe five times. And then we got another guy who helps us run a show, has a huge art loft. We've been doing it there. Um, or we'll do it in people's yards. Nice. we got one place, and uh, Terrence Newman has this great grotto kind of backyard venue, and we do it there. But we've had big people. We had Emo Phillips one time. Oh, wow. I went after him for like a year and a half to try to get him to do the show. So he finally does it, and there's a skunk like hustling into the yard on the other side of the yard as Emo's up. <laughs> Look, yeah, life isn't too bad right what, now. Did yeah. he talk about it? Did he, he didn't it? see it. I see. One time there was a possum. One time there. there was a possum overhead, and Brent Weinbach was riffing on there being a possum overhead. Yeah. But it's great. We put up a lot of women. And that gives the show like kind of a more, a less uh, gnarly kind of vibe right, than right. comedy shows almost yeah, like always have. Scumbag <laughs> it's just a little less scummy. Yeah. So somehow it's like you could bring a date to our show maybe. Yeah, yeah. I remember who did I see? Yeah. Who was on that show that we did? It was, I don't know if he was on it, but Trayvon. Trayvon Free, uh, right? Yeah, he was on it. He was on it. Sophia's good friends with him. Cool. 
Yeah, we became Twitter buddies after that. And I was in New York, and we really nice. didn't hang out a tremendous amount after that, but uh, good guy. There's a place in Chicago right now. It's the best place to perform. i got to hook you up with that when you come to town. And it's called, uh, can you cuss on this at all? Uh, fuck no. Okay, well, it's called The Shithole. <laughs> and uh, The Shithole is, it was run by these two kids. They're like early 20s. And, like, I remember one of them because they used to intern at Comedy Sports where I was at. And yeah. they started the show. And it's in two locations. One's a standalone garage. One's this attic that they kind of live in and rent out. But they turned it into this amazing performance space. And they never advertise the it. The shithole. Huh? The shithole. The only thing they'll do is, like, they'll post on Facebook. They'll be like, there's a shithole show tonight. Message for details. No way. And you've got another email address. You've got to send an email. What day of the details. week? It's usually Thursday and Friday. That's so All great. Right. I'm gonna bug. But I will. Chicago. Yeah, I'll, I'll send I'll you. Too. Yeah, bug me and I'll put you in touch with them. It's. I think it's the best place to perform hands down. Really. Susan Messing and Rachel Mason have said it's oh, their favorite place. Really. Yeah, it's just. It's amazing. And I love. I love Messing. Oh yeah, she's great. You know her? No. She's the improv. I know Deborah Messing. She's the improv royalty in oh, Chicago. Yeah. She's like considered one of the absolute premier. Wow. She's an annoyance person, an original annoyance person, right? I think so. She, yeah, because I believe she was in the original co-ed prison sluts, but I might be wrong. Yeah. Co-ed prison I sluts. Say she, that was like a long term. The longest running musical in the history of Chicago. Yeah. Wow. And it was, uh, it was an annoyance production, and they used to yep. do kind of foul musicals. Yeah. So like they did Charles Manson, I think, the musical. Manson, the musical. Or the Antichrist, the <laughs> yeah. musical. Yeah. I was in... Uh, the, the first time I did a show there was, I ran for a year and a half. It was called Fuck You, I Love You by the Rahm Emanuel Story. Yeah. And I played uh, Mayor Daly. And it's just nice, irreverent, dirty, doesn't give a shit. So, uh, what's the new uh, Annoyance Theater like? It's on the corner of Clark and Belmont. So, it's actually just yeah, right yeah. down the street from where Comedy Sports is at. And it's like their lobby is gorgeous. Like, they, they, they spent some money putting together a venue that they want to be their permanent. Home. I don't understand. Isn't one of those. Wait, Broadway and you know no, where the Lake Belmont. Oh, Clark and Belmont. You know where that Dunkin' Donuts is? They're using their hands. Yeah, to talk like right about across it. the street. Ah. Like that, that Dunkin' Donuts is always packed uh, ah. with, with folks from Boys Town that are out there late. Yeah. Ah. And it's amazing. It's on the second floor. They got a bunch of classroom spaces. They've got two theater spaces. Is there any stand up there ever? They're starting to get some stand up. Um, I should bug them, man. You should. I should bug them. Because they've got yeah, two we're spaces, booking, too. We're booking Robert's next comedy tour. Oh, yeah. All right, great. The show right that's great. <laughs> yeah. That's how you do. That's, I mean, I say that all the time about comedy. It's like, unlike any other hang that you could do in a city, if you're a comedian, you're like, hey, can you, uh, uh, do you know a guy? Uh, you know. Yeah. Or you could go and get the newspaper, and any given night of the week, you could go and find a show or at least find where people are hanging out and yeah. become part of the scene yeah. instantly. It takes no time. It takes zero time at yeah. all. And we should have little passports. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I'm with it. I got all my shots. <laughs> <laughs> my shots. Yeah. You become an instant thing and like writers and actors and directors and whatever whatever else of the arts they don't have it. Yeah. So I feel very lucky. It's true. There's something about how do we try to take care of each other a little bit? Cause yeah, I do. You know you're going to be in those shoes. Yep, and I need that help. Yep. Which I guess I guess if it's a writers and directors, the jobs are scarce, and you're like, I'm not going to tell you how to get that job because I want that I other want one that too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not going to be a problem. Poets, it's even out. harder. Yeah. 
poets? It's yeah. poets. <laughs> you guys know any, uh, any good slam poetry mix? Yeah, you know what? I, I run a show, but you know, exactly. send me one of your grainy YouTube videos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no offense, pal, I'm going to need to see a clip. Yeah. Yeah. I remember this girl who did poetry and she like went to college for creative writing. It's like one of my first LA girlfriends, like best friend. She was like getting some I don't even know what attention is when it comes to poetry, but I even as a younger person I was just like Good luck with that. <laughs> Let me know. Oh. So what do you go to college for? Creative writing? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think the whole liberal arts education is dicey. It is dicey. dicey. Yeah, I'm, unless you're going to college for this, uh, the sciences or you yeah. know, engineering or yeah, like I had fun. Mass comm. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's, I've never been on a, a theater audition where they said, "Oh, where'd you go to school?" I want or a, 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 an audition for TV or yeah. a film where they care. Right. Yeah, I uh, um, I went to community college. I took one class. I got a C in it, and I dropped out. I never Is that right? Me. Yeah, I never went. You didn't to go to college? No, I didn't. No. Doesn't he bespeak <laughs> bachelors? Right. Yeah. You, you seem at least like associates. <laughs> yeah, I, I signed up for a junior college. I took enough. I took a class to matriculate into the system, so I could take more. And then I took like five, like a full load, and was like, oh no. Because wow. I was a I was a cashier at Office Depot, I was taking classes at a junior college, and I was just like, oh my god! I remember buying like a pair of khaki pants one time, and just like, no! I think you have those moments in your life where you just like, I don't know what the future holds. But right, but this seems like a scam. I don't need it. This is not not for me. Yeah, yeah. No. I joined the army so that I could go to college to pay for a degree in theater. Like, I didn't know it was going to be in theater, but it was, I mean, wait a minute. Well, it was the National Guard. It wasn't. Uh, yeah, but you and I never saw combat. Well, I didn't see combat because when my unit was being deployed, I was on authorized leave to be in Texas, the musical. Right. No so, way. So being in a, in a musical in Texas got me out of going to war with my You're Oklahoma kidding me. National Guard unit. No. Uh, and they, they, they don't contact. That's unbelievable. That's great. You, you know, are so lucky yeah. that you didn't oh, get yeah. a war. I'm absolutely objector. It's insane how. I mean, you I you must be. I mean, when was I this? Had no idea. It was, it was uh, 2003, I believe. Yeah, yeah, it was 2003 that summer. I don't even remember what war that was. It was Iraq, Afghanistan. Afghanistan. It was right. Iraq yeah, just started. It was it was an Afghani deployment. I know because um, well, what happens is. When you move to another state, I knew I wasn't going to get regular authorized leave um, just to miss. Because you, if you're in the National Guard, you do your two weeks in the summer. And you can't get out of your two weeks. Like, that's the biggest commitment. Well, they say in the commercial, one right? week in a month, two, two weeks, weeks a year. year. Yeah, yep. That's it. But you've got to do those two weeks. Right. You know, that's the big the big part. And uh, I knew that was happening during the summer. And I get cast in this musical. And it was one of the biggest outdoor dramas like in the nation. Like, 100,000 people there. It's in the Palo Duro Canyon, which... Like the canyon is the backdrop. They have a man-made lightning bolt every night that strikes a tree. No. It's amazing. It's like dynamite on a cord. And what did you play? My helicopter's actually flying to the show right now. (laughs) I played four different roles. Like, I became a principal actor by the fact that I was on stage so much. But I was like four different roles. One was Isatai, a Comanche medicine man. Uh Another was a guy that was at West Point, like, in a flashback scene. And then uh, the one that I remember was my favorite was just a guy named Zeke who was at a poker game. Because you're outside in the Texas heat and you're just sweating profusely, 
and to costume me differently, they put a mustache on me uh. for this character. And the line is, uh, like they turn to me in the poker game and they just go, you're bluffing. And then my mustache, the wind hits, and it just blows no. away. It's the perfect. <laughs> Did the audience laugh? Oh, they laughed uproariously. It was just a great It almost movie. felt like on cue. Right? You know yeah, it was, it was perfect. It's, like, you could not have planned it like that. Wow. That's awesome. Wow. But so what, did you like the theater? Oh, I loved it. I, uh, I loved it until grad school. Like, it was fun when I could play. But then at some point, I started just kind of wanting to do good enough that the director would like me. And so then you just stop making bold choices. You just yeah. kind of start performing to not get a note. Yeah. And then, yeah. interesting. Well, I mean, what was the uh, the curriculum of theater school? I don't think I've ever really talked to anyone. Who, well, where who I was at, bang. my undergrad taught me a ton because it was a general theater degree, so it wasn't just focusing in acting. Like I was able to act. I was in sixteen of my college's main stage productions in four years, so I was always rehearsing and in a show. But also, you learn how to build the sets. Mm-hmm. You're in the shop. Uh, one summer, I was master carpenter for Oklahoma Shakespearean Festival. Cool. Um, you learn how to do lights uh, and lighting design mm-hmm. so you take classes and all that you learn costume design that wow. was a class that I almost failed because I cannot sew right. just these fingers don't want to thread a needle sure you know and uh, I think I got past like just to be polite because like the other the two students like I was the worst in class and the other two students was one uh, who was uh, mentally challenged and then another <laughs> who barely spoke English yeah. who ends up like for her final project and designing yet, a ball game. better tailors oh. than you oh way better <laughs> it was I think they were like right. literally he doesn't graduate that's hilarious we don't let him do this right <laughs> but with the army the way it works is when I got cast in this play uh, to get permission to do it I had to say I'm moving to Texas and so I said I'm moving to Texas and they go cool and so when you relocate you get three months of authorized leave so I go down, I do my three months of authorized leave, and I come back to Oklahoma to report back to my unit going, hey, it didn't work out in Texas, back here, decided to come back to school. And they're like, oh, well, uh, like I'm, I'm there at the unit, and they're all packing up for Afghanistan. Wow. And I was like, oh, shit, well, can we get me there? Because I knew I had to say it. I didn't want to go. But I also knew I'd feel terribly guilty if somebody in our unit died and I just kind of bailed. Yeah. Uh, I had no idea any of that was happening because they don't contact you while you're gone. And they were like, it's too late. I mean, the paperwork would take weeks, so you're not going. And I was like, oh, shucks. Oh, wow. You're bluffing. Right? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Did you do, like, theater and stuff? Oh, yeah, I did sure? a ton of theater in Chicago. Before I did stand-up, I did, a, I did theater. That's uh-huh. what I did all the time. I did a lot of theater. Uh-huh. I did, like, say, six years of Chicago. Chicago sort of off-loop theater, and just toward the end, when I started getting toward the better theaters, yeah. Hypocrites. Oh yeah, you know, they did. You know who they are? Yeah, they did the uh, Our Town that had like a historically long run in New York. Yeah, oh, you'd be the greatest was stage the manager in Our Town. Come yeah, on. exactly. So, but I did a couple things with them, and then I went to the Steppenwolf the- School of Theater. Oh, you went to the Steppenwolf School? Yeah, I did. Wow, I got my acting tights, and. Uh, did you call them acting tights? Uh, acting tights. Really well done. How tights will travel. Right. I heard Was Kenneth Sheldon Patinkin teaching then? Yes, 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 wow. yes. I studied under Sheldon Patinkin. I had him as a teacher right before he stopped doing everything because he passed away recently. Yes. And uh, when I moved to Chicago was to do that comedy studies program where you're technically at Second City, but he wasn't, he was technically a teacher, but we'd have this history of comedy class, and now and then, if Sheldon felt up to it, he would just show up 
and we'd cancel what we were doing in class and just listen to his story. Yeah, that's what he did. He was a legendary teacher, wow. Second yeah. City teacher. He was Second City when Second City started. Yep. In the 50s. When they were the Compass players. When they were the Compass players, and they were they started at the University of Chicago, right? Yep. All day. Like Ed Asner and Barbara Harris and Mike Nichols and Elaine May and Alan Arkin. Alan, Alan Arkin. Arkin, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But uh, but yeah. So I was, and then but so as I was saying, I as I finally started to get where I wanted, I I decided to go off and do stand up instead. Right. So, what do you think people do like when they reach like a certain point in Chicago or uh, you know Portland or? Austin, when they decide to make a move, is there like a consensus? Like, I feel like I've done what I can here. Yes. Maybe there's more opportunity. Yeah, here. I'm I'm moving in six months, and that's you're moving here. Yeah, I'm just. I also, at some point, I think the winter kills you, and you can't take it anymore. Yeah, and then you do feel that ceiling just crowding yeah. down on you. You know, you won the this, you did the that. Yeah, you're, you're doing the this show, and you're doing the that show, and it's fun. Oh, it's yeah. all fun. But after a while, you're kind of thinking, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, you're, you're, or you just want the next thing. You want to see what's, yeah. You don't want to just do the same thing yeah. over and over again because that's a, as far as you can go. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Um, that that kind of happens here to a certain extent. Yeah. yeah. Well, then where do you go? I know, right? Then you're like, oh, right. that's a good question. Where do you go after this? Well, hopefully, you saved up enough money to hit the fuck it button. And yeah. you can go wherever you want. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I had an audition, and I'm not making this up. It was about two months ago. Uh, I was just, I was driving home in my car. It did not go well. And I came home and I started looking at real estate in Idaho. I was like, have I saved up enough money in my career to live in Idaho and never make another dime? Yeah. Did you I figure did. out you, yeah. you could? Yeah, probably. Wow. Probably. But, I mean, that's where you go and you're like, all right, this house is going to be $127,000. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, great. great. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I hear the same thing. It's like, you know, three quarters of a million bucks. Oh, it's, yeah. It's crazy. Property taxes, everything else, it's just going to eat oh, you yeah. as the years go by. But I, I, I mean, I think the secret is just have so much going on and things that you're into that you don't care about the, yeah. you know, the gigs. It right. Helps. Yeah, it helps. If I was looking to... Hollywood, not I'm air quoting that, to validate anything. Right. Ooh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Stop. Tugging on neck of sleeve, buddy. Yeah. You know, yeah. even like shows. We're just like, well, if I, if I get on that show, that's it. That's right. a thing. It's like, well, maybe. But at the end of the day, it's very few things happen because you're on, uh, like, like you did this show. Or, right. You know, yeah. You're in this thing. And it happens for some people, but I say this all the time only 12 people are allowed to be hot. Yeah. 12 people get to be hot, and everyone else just kind of, you know. Yeah, chugging along. Chugging along, working class hero, you know. Yeah. I'm grateful I haven't had to do anything for the past eight years that wasn't something like this. Right. You know? Right. Having lunch at a Mexican place, under yeah. a helicopter, right. on a patio, <laughs> eating 89 cent tacos. Yeah. That feels like a W. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah, so. I'm taking an Amtrak to Kansas City because a plane was going to cut out of my fees that I'm making God on the show. Right. And I was like, I got a couple extra days. I'll take a 35-hour train. Yeah. Gosh, <laughs> it's going to suck. 
Yeah. 35 hours. Did you get a sleeper car? I did not, because that, I could have gotten car, double. Yeah, I could have got an airplane ticket yeah, for that. Sleeper sure. cars, are they cost sure. you more. Yeah. Might be fun to get some writing done or something. Yeah, that's my plan. Is, yeah, it's to get some writing done. Uh, last time I was, last summer I did Out of Bounds in Austin, and then cool. took the Amtrak from Austin to Chicago, and it was about 32 hours. Mm-hmm. And I did, I just got a bunch of writing done. I loaded up a bunch of movies, and then did a bunch of writing. Wow. And then heard this couple go through a breakup, we're going to divorce, to oh. crying, mad at each other, to crying, getting back together. Like the whole evolution of, no. of this is over, to this is together, while their kids ran around. Wow. No. And it, like, I think it started over like an argument over a personal DiGiorno pizza. <laughs> Just most escalated. arguments do. Right? Yeah. That's why I get, really only do. get the California pizza chickens. Oh, yeah. <laughs> say chicken when I mean to say kitchen. You ever do that? Oh, welcome to the seven. California pizza chicken. If, yeah. it, if, it, if it'll make you feel any better, I do that all the time. Yeah. No, I've never it's done it only once. Only if. Yeah. You ever been to a California pizza chicken? <laughs> it's almost the same word. It's a, it's a, it's a delicious chicken. Chicken it's, kitchen. Chicken kitchen. Yeah. Which is the name of the restaurant the three of us will open. Yeah. Yeah, yeah let's do it. Once we get our, our Hollywood affairs in order. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. What's the name of your restaurant? Chicken Kitchen? You got you to come in. What would you recommend? A chicken. <laughs> you can try the chicken in Chicken Kitchen. Right. If you can't take the heat, yeah. stay out of the Chicken Kitchen. Yeah, that's good. That'll be our motto. We will not have AC. That's true. That's true. All right, guys. Well, I think I'm gonna, All right. We're cleaning up the radishes off the table. Yeah, yeah we, we already are. finished our giant. God, that was good. Cokes. I'm gonna come back here. Yeah, this is great. The decor alone is worth it. Yeah, we were on a patio that has a tin roof, literally a tin roof. And I don't even know how I how I found this, Jamie. I just uh, I looked at some place that had a fun name. It was near where you were staying. Yeah, and I had great Yelp reviews too. Did, I don't know uh, if you yeah. looked at those. I was thinking, I oh, maybe you found like a great dive. But... No, but inadvertently, I think we did. Yeah, it worked out great. Yeah. There's so many of those trucks, like I was saying, and they're all very, very complicated. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I'll do that a lot when I'm, I'm doing some, some recycling here, so you guys have to bear with me. Um, <laughs> like, you get out of show, it's like midnight, one o'clock. Those trucks are always open, and they just, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're beautiful. Especially after you had a couple beers. Uh, you seen that one that parks out in front of the, uh, um, oh, God. It's a place on Virgil. The Virgil. There's yeah, one yeah, that just yeah. I've been there. I've been there. Yeah. 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 I have a show that that's in that neighborhood. I never eat before I go. So like, yeah. I'm like, well, I gotta save yeah. it. Yeah. Four time. bucks and you're fed. Yeah. 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 It's great. All right, guys. Well, I guess I'm gonna hit stop. All right. Gonna, All right. Can we find you website, Twitter, stuff? Oh or, yeah. Uh, I know you just came out with a new album. I did. I just came out with a new album called "Tell Me You're Proud of Me." Available on Mint 400 Records. And uh, my That's website. Awesome, man. Congrats! Thank you so much. Uh, it's been really well received, and I've been. It's weird, uh, like, because I, I did an EP on my own, and you know I didn't pay to get all the distribution stuff, but now I'm like on Pandora and stuff, and I feel like a nice. grown up. Nice. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you it's can satisfying, get, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. He's got one. I've listened to his. Very yeah. good. Or you got Thanks, two buddy. now. I got a couple albums. Right? Yeah. How many yeah. do you have now? You're yeah. two. Doing, is it just the two? two. I thought you. Yeah. Yeah. Are you doing another one soon? Is that what's no, happening? No, no, not palpable and palpable and uh, one peacock. one pretty peacock. One pretty That's peacock. That's right. Yeah. Cool. Well, mine is tell me you're proud of me, and uh, you can get it on my website, jamiecampbellcomedy.com. Just click on the merchandise tab. Of course, I'm available on iTunes and Amazon and anywhere that decent, high quality MP3s are sold. 
Uh, and you can follow me on Twitter at JamieCampbell79. We yeah. will do all of those things. Awesome. And so much more. Yeah. <laughs> and at Robert Buscemi. At Robert Buscemi. Twitter feed. You got Twitter it. You didn't have to add anything else. You got your uh, name. How, how got my name. It, how much does it cost you to, uh, to to follow you on Twitter? Is that something that can be done at no Just charge? Just two cents a month. It'll be sucked <laughs> right through your uh, socks. Well, it's automatic. It's technology right yeah, there. Yeah, it is. And you guys can find me at Robert Buscemi on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yeah. And just like that, my friends, episode 69 is in the can. And that just sounds like an innuendo, but that is actually true. Uh, thank you to Robert Buscemi. Thank you to Jamie Campbell. Find them online. Support their ventures. A high tide raises all the boats. Also, make sure and go to mattknutson.com, grabbinglunch.com. You can get uh, information about my upcoming shows this summer, Lake Tahoe, Indiana, Las Vegas. Um, if you're listening to this on Saturday... May 2nd, 2015. I'm going to be at the Ice House tonight. Two shows, 8 and 10 p.m. If you're listening to this after that, well, you, you can't. You can't go. Thank you guys so much for the support. I, I get all your tweets and all your, your emails. Shoot me an email. It's grabbinglunch at gmail.com. I would love to hear who you are, where you're listening from, and uh, we'll become internet buddies. Thank you guys so much. Grabbinglunch.com. And in the immortal words of Russell Simmons, thank you all for coming. God bless. Good night. This has been a sex pot comedy joint. Collaborative, community-driven comedy produced by Andy Jewett and Kayvon Kalatvari. Headquartered in Denver, Colorado, with technical support from Isaac Miller.